spotless righteousness, the great unchangeable I am, the King of glory and of grace. Because the sinless Savior died, my sinful soul is counted Forgot the justice satisfied to look on him and pardon me, to look on him and pardon me. Amen. Brother Gabe close this time of worship with prayer. Heavenly Father, you are gracious and wonderful. We have traveled near and far to gather, to bring the name above all, the glory that it deserves. You know our every thought, our every deed, every action. And instead of judging us, which you are right to do so, instead you have given us the gift of grace, the gift of Christ, who lived the life we were supposed to but could not, died the death that we deserve and will not, in order to rise again, to let all your people know to all the ends of the earth that we have a hope, we have a salvation that can only be found in you. Even though we fall short, even though there are times where we turn from you, you never turn yourself from us. Instead, you call to us, you comfort us, you are our strength and our shield. So we ask that as we gather here, that you would still us, allow us to sit in your presence. All the burdens that we feel on our hearts, may we cast them on you tonight. Lay them at your feet. Lay ourselves before you with no shame, no guilt, but with the expectation that the Lord our God looks upon us, sees Christ within us, and smiles. For those of us who you have poured yourself out upon, you have filled our cup, we pray that you would overflow your spirit upon us, that we would be able to pour it out on each other. And as we sit, as we read, as we pray, draw us to you, Father, in only the way that you can, that every soul here would not leave this place unchanged, unmoved, but instead we would be renewed and transformed by your spirit. 
we ask that as you call to us, you would soften our hearts, open our eyes, and focus us solely on you, Father. So that as we leave here tonight, in our work, in our families, in our quiet places, wherever we go after this, that you would allow us to be a conduit for your spirit. That as you pour out upon us, we would pour out upon others and share with them the gift of grace, the gift of redemption, the gospel of Jesus Christ, your son, who lived, died, rose again, also that we, in our brokenness, would be healed, made perfect, and have a hope in this life and in the next. You are the only name worthy of these prayers. So we pray to you and you alone. In Jesus Christ's holy and precious name we pray. Amen. Let's ask the Lord to help us. God, as we read, as we study, and as we finish, remind us it's not finished. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, here we go. Verse 17, 11. (laughs) Paul arrives at Rome. After three months, we set sail in a ship that had wintered in the island, a ship of Alexandria. Twin gods on the figurehead, so put that image there, putting in at uh, Syracuse, we stayed there for three days. And from there, we made a circuit and arrived at Regium. And after one day, a south wind sprang up. And on the second day, we came to uh, Putioli. There we found brothers and were invited to stay with them for seven days. And we came to Rome and the brothers were there. When they heard about us, they came as far as Forum and Appius and the three taverns to meet us. And on seeing them, Paul thanked God and looked at, um, and took courage. And when he came into Rome, Paul was allowed to stay by himself with a soldier who guarded him. Hmm. Verse 17. And after three days, he called together the local leaders of the Jews. And when they gathered, he said to them, Brothers, though I had done nothing against our people or the customs of, of our fathers, yet I was delivered as a prisoner from Jerusalem into the hands of the Romans. When they had examined me, they wished to set me at liberty because there was no reason for the death penalty in my case. But because the Jews objected, I was compelled to appeal to Caesar, and though I had no charge to bring against my nation for this reason, therefore I asked to see you and speak with you, since it is because of the hope of Israel that I'm wearing this chain. They said to him, we've received no letters from Judea about you. None of the brothers um, are coming here has reported or spoken any evil about you. But we desire to hear what uh, what um, what your views are. For with regard to this sect, we know that everywhere it's spoken against. So when they had appointed a day for him, they came to him at his lodging in great numbers. From morning till evening, he expounded to them, testifying to the kingdom of God and trying to convince them about Jesus, both from the law of Moses and from the prophets. Some were convinced by what he said, but others, they disbelieved. And disagreeing among themselves, they departed after Paul had made one statement. The Holy Spirit was right in saying to your fathers through Isaiah the prophet, go to this people and say, and you'll, nev- you'll indeed hear but never understand. You will indeed see but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull, and with their ears they can barely hear, 
their eyes. They have closed lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and turn and not heal them. Therefore, let it be known to you that this salvation of God has been sent to the Gentiles and they will listen. Verse 30. He lived there two whole years at his own expense, welcomed all who came to him, proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. End of book. So we read it to the end. Um, and uh, my wife, who's at home with our little ones right now, who I love so much, and if there's anyone to appreciate on Pastor's Appreciation, it's, it's our wives. Um, but she'll, <laughs> she's told me multiple times already, she says, you're such a nerd now. <laughs> and and, and um, it's because I'll say things like, I love the feeling of finishing a book. Like, I just love that feeling. I'm not talking about just books in the Bible, okay? I'm reading through four books in the Bible right now, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm just talking about any kind of book. Like, I've, I love the feeling of, of concluding a book. I, I love the feeling of taking the bookmark out, and the bookmark is done. Like, this book doesn't need it anymore. And, and, and I'm, I'm even more nerdy where I love to take the book, and then I get a Sharpie, and I mark the spine, and I like to file it into my library. And I just step back, and I'm like, oh, thanks be to God. I, I just, I, it's weird. I love, I like that feeling. Um, I never, ever thought I would ever feel like that. But uh, the Bible is not so much like that. The Bible is a book that when you finish it, you're, like, just getting started. I remember the first time I read through the Bible, all 66 books, took me seven years. Actually, I, I take that back. The first time I read it, I was 12 years old. It took me a year. The next time I really read it, it took me seven years. But even after that, it just, it's a book that when you come to the end, there's like no end. It's like you and I will never, ever fully come to a place where you've read through the Bible and you finish the book and you're like, finally, all pal. Like, I fully understand this book now. I fully get it. We're done here. The book of Acts is very much the same way. It's one of those books that when you come to the end, this doesn't have like that happy ending closure storyline where and they live happily ever after, or it doesn't have the, the clips coming up telling us like, oh, and so Paul ministered for X amount of years and, and witnessed to the lost, and, and then Luke continued to finish his career as a doctor. And, and you know, we, we watch at the end and we're like, oh, oh, yeah. You know, it was such a good ending, right? Uh, the, the, the ending of this book, is it's like that, that um, it's like when you're watching a season and it says it's the season finale, but at the very end, there's these sign or the, there's this scene that, that hooks you and lingers to tell you like the story's not over. You ever, you know what I'm talking about? And you hate it. You're like, no, like, like there's more, like what? And then you go on Google right away and you're like, when's the next season coming out, right? Um, or, or it's one of those things like at the end of the story or at the end of the movie, it says, those words, like the to be continued, and you're just part of you is like, no, you know, like there's, there's more. But, but even different, though, than that, like different than the way when we go to watch a movie, the Marvel movie, and they have that clip at the end that kind of just lets you linger in that mystical, like, <gasps> cliffhanger moment. Um, Acts is different in that. It doesn't have that closure ending here. But it's one of those, like, you know, when you leave the movie, 
and you try to snap yourself back into reality because that was fake. This is a book that when we came to the end now, we're going to finish it now. When we walk out of here, we're walking into it. The, the title of this message, it's not the final chapter. And my whole heart, everything in my heart tonight, all I want to simply do is dare you to believe that you're part of the final chapter. So we're finishing the book of Acts. And this is why I love that God's giving us a chance to go to a missions conference. But even more than that, even if you don't go to the missions conference, I want to beg you, I want to argue with you tonight until you believe like you're part of this. If you're reading the book of Acts, if you've been with us for two years and you've studied through this or you read your Bible as like this is history and you're kind of personally detached from these stories because this is how it was, like all those miracles, all that, that epic supernatural Jesus resurrection stuff was like then. Like, kids, listen to me. If you read your Bible like that and you see it as like a book or a story, you're going to get bored eventually. I'm serious about that. You will get bored of the Bible because it's, it, you'll say it's real. You'll say you believe, but in your heart, it feels like fiction. You ever feel like that? And I'm not talking to just to the children. I'm even more so talking to the adults. I don't want the book of Acts to come to a close and us say we have faith, but it feels like fiction. That's my big fear tonight. Like, I want us to finish this story and not let the, the fire and the inspiration of the text let, leave us. Like, I want us to walk out these doors really in our minds believing, I'm walking into the next chapter. I am the next chapter. We are the final chapter. We're going to finish this, but it's not over. It's far from over. So, so we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna cruise through this thing, and I'm just going to pull out a few nuggets here and there, but that's my big heart right now tonight, guys. We're, we're done with this book, but the book is not done. And, 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 and I dare you to believe that you really are, you, you're part of this final chapter, are you, will you? If you're a follower of Christ tonight, if you believe the gospel that's been preached in this book, oh my gosh, no matter how young, no matter how old, no matter who you are, where you are coming from, like, I'm so stoked to go to this missions conference because I'm going to see other believers that I've never met before, but I have more in common with them than all the friends that I know that don't know Jesus. Because we're all on the same mission. We're all a part of the same team. We all have the same final destination. And it's just wild for me to think that when we walk out of this room tonight, we're walking into that final chapter. So that's what we're going to do tonight is convince the Lord to convince us this isn't over. Let's pick it up. Verse 11, God help us, give us faith. Give us faith, Lord. Give us your spirit. Wake us up. Let us finish this book well and send us, Lord, into a whole new season of living by the Spirit of God. The acts of the Holy Spirit through the apostles in the church is not Powell. I want childlike faith, Jesus, right now. I won't walk out here believing that I have the armor of God on me. And my brothers and sisters in this sanctuary, they got the armor of God, the books that we have under our arms. It's the sword of the Spirit. And we're going to go out, and we're going to fight for the kingdom. We're going to spend ourselves until our final breath. We're going to give ourselves to the kingdom of God until we finally 
see the king. Do it now, we pray. Bless us in these moments, these minutes of study. In Jesus' name, amen. Three months, three months now, after three months, so they, they kicked it on the island for some time. We kind of waited for the winter or that, that stormy season to pass. We set sail in a ship. We went to there in the island, and there was a ship of Alexandria. Boom, providence of God. God provided the transportation, the twin gods. Um, those gods were known to be the gods of protection, but we know better, right? These twin little gods, these images, they're not the ones really protecting the ship. It's the one true God, the Lord Jesus Christ. And um, so they put out to Syracuse. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Forgive me. But we stayed there for three days. And then Luke continues on. And then from there, we made a circuit and arrived at Regium. And then one day, and then a south wind sprang up. Second day, verse 14, we found some brothers, seven days. And so we came to Rome. Before we get to that phrase, that's the big phrase. But just look at how Luke is kind of building it up. He's kind of, kind of get, get back in the mood, right? They, they just, they're inching their way to Rome. Like, they, they just came through a storm. Now they were shipwrecked on an island. And then it's like he's like, he's highlighting three months. And then three days. And then one day. And then two days. And then seven weeks. It's almost like you kind of, if any of the kids were on the voyage, you'd be like, are we there yet? Right? It's like, you're almost there, almost there. It's, I almost sense that there's like a buildup here as Luke is trying to give us the play-by-play. And just to remind us, guys, before we get to that amazing phrase, and so we came to Rome, this has been a long time in waiting, right? Just a couple of chapters ago on the ship, the Lord Jesus showed up and said, Paul, you're going to go to Rome. Chapter 23, verse 11, the, the God showed up in the night. He stood by his side. He said, hey, take courage. You're going to testify in Rome. All the way back to Acts 19, Paul resolved in the spirit, I need to go to Rome. It's been a, while, it's been a long time since he's heard the word of God tell him this. It's, it's not like God said something and it happened the next day. It's like God said something and it took some time and it took some hard trial, tribulating time. And then we see the beautiful phrase it says, and say it with me, and so we came to everybody. Rome. That is a Selah moment. Luke probably got so excited to pen that, that he couldn't really technically wait to verse 16 when they actually got to the capital. It's like they're just hitting the, the, the perimeter of Rome and Luke is ready. And so we came to Rome. When you read that phrase, I want it to have its full meaning. In other words, you can, you can also say, and so God kept his word. Here's the first point. God keeps his word, so keep the faith. God keeps his word, so keep the faith. Every time in the last few chapters that trial came, Paul had the opportunity to doubt if what God said was really going to come to pass, right? Storms, snake bites, persecution. God told him, the word said, and then you hit these moments of like, oh, but do I really believe? God kept his word. So when Luke says, and we came to Rome, that's, that's food for us to say. When God says something, church, it's, it's, it's guaranteed. It's guaranteed. So what do we do with that? What do you do with that truth? That simple yet punchy, powerful truth that God keeps his every word. What are you going to do with that, friend, tonight? That's why my point, my admonition to you is so, so keep the faith. 
Isaiah 55 verse 11 says, my word that goes out from my mouth, it ain't coming back empty. That's my paraphrase. But it shall accomplish that which, um, that which I purpose. It shall succeed for the thing which I send it. You know why I love this book that we're all into right now? You know, you know why you ought to love the Bible? Here's a good reason. Because every single word in it will not show up empty. It will accomplish. It will succeed. Children, that book you have in your lap right now, it is powerful. It's incredibly supernatural. Every word in that book on your lap will come to pass. It's so real. What does that do to me? What, what should that do to us? It should cause us to not just look at it never the same, but to take it so serious. Like, Every word will come to pass. I say keep the faith because Romans 10, 17 says this. Faith comes from hearing and hearing the, through the word of Christ. You want to grow in your faith? It is impossible without the word. But just understand this and just hear it when you hear the phrase, and so they came to Rome. God keeps his word. I mean, just let that sink in a little bit. Don't you love that? You have a book that you can, you can always trust. You never need to doubt. God will never lie to you. So, when I say keep the faith, though, what does that mean? It doesn't just mean in your mind, this is what Hannah was getting at, just decide, okay, I believe God's word. No, if you believe God's word, James says in chapter 2, you do something. James 2, 14, it says, if someone has faith but does not have works, can that faith save him? Later, he says, that kind of faith is mocking. That kind of faith don't make sense. See, Paul really did believe God's word. Why? Because he kept pressing on to Rome until finally, huh, and so we came to Rome. Here's the thing, before we move on from this point, I want in my life, like I just want to get at you a little bit. Don't you want to have Rome moments in your life? Like God spoke to you. He spoke to you in his word. And you took him at it. You trusted him. Maybe some of you are trusting him right now. That's why you're here at church at a Bible study. And, and he shows up, and it's actually better than what you thought, but he came through. The promises he gave you really came to pass. Don't you want, I guarantee, when Luke wrote this phrase, nobody on the boat other than Paul, Luke, and Andronokius, uh, or I forget the other companion's name, but the other believer on the boat, there was three of them, guarantee nobody on that boat had the most exhilarating experience of trusting and believing the word of God like these guys did when they got up. Everyone else is like, finally, we're at Rome. But for Paul and Luke, guys, his word is true. That's a Rome moment. I want more Rome moments in my life. I won't settle for fake Christianity, just saying I believe. But, man, I want, I want to keep the faith. We're going to move on, but I just want us to understand when we say keep the faith, it means... Obey the Bible. 
obeying love, Galatians 5, 6, the only thing that counts for anything now is faith working through love. Let's pick up the next section from verse 15. So 15, he says, and the brothers there, when they heard about us, they came as far as Forum and of Appius and the three taverns to meet us. Now, this is really dope, okay? So they're traveling. Word is getting on the street. Oh, Paul and the boys are in Rome. And look at these brothers, these Christians, they don't just wait for them to get there. They got to go see them. Now, let me tell you how, you know where it says uh, they came as far. So Forum of Appius is 43 miles out. How's that one, huh? And then later, you know, three taverns? That just sounds like a cool inn, right? Where are you staying tonight? Oh, tree taverns. Oh, tree taverns. You know, that's, that's 10 miles out. This is the gesture of like, you know, when, you, when, when, when your family is visiting from the mainland or whatever, and you go and greet them in the carport? You know, it's not enough to just, you don't just wait at the dinner table, and they say, oh, you know, grandma's here. Okay. No, you're like, oh, grandma's here. And you run out. You run outside. Yeah. This is them. Paul's here? 43 miles. Let's go. 10 miles out. Let's go. And then look. Look at what happens. It says, Paul, on seeing them, the second he saw them, he thanked God. He took courage. And when we came to Rome, more in Rome, right there you see it again, Paul was allowed to stay by himself with the soldier who guarded him. Now, I just want us to see this. Notice the, the, the believers getting so stoked by this Paul that they heard of who's into the faith. And then, and then Paul, when he sees them, instantly he's just like oh thank god and he takes courage meaning his heart got stronger here's the point guys when believers gather they're mutually encouraged see the believers in rome aren't just stoked about paul coming to town paul is just as stoked to see them this is why i'm so um jazzed to go to the conference next week because when we see other believers from other places of the planet that believe the same gospel it's just like when we see each other oh thank god there's another crazy one like me you know, when you're in worship and you're singing songs loud and you look around and you see other people praising God, you're like, oh, you take courage. Why? Because you're not alone. That's how it is in this journey. But, but, but my, my, my hope and my prayer is that when we do gather, it is mutually encouraging. If we're really children of God, it is, guys. This is why Paul writes in Romans 1, verse 8 to 11, he says, writing to the church in Rome, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you. Your faith is proclaimed in all the world, and God's my witness. I serve with my spirit in this gospel. Without ceasing, I mention you in my prayers. Verse 11, he says, I long to see you. I can't wait to see you. And then why? That I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. That is, and this is coming from Paul's mouth, that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. This is why your attendance at church is big time. You, mean, you don't even have to say nothing to nobody, but you just coming through is powerfully encouraging. I don't know about you, but it is for me. And, not, and I'm telling you this, not because I'm the preacher. I don't care if I'm in the pulpit or not. When I show up on a Sunday, whether it's Pastor Bob or Johnny or anyone preaching, I just show up on a Sunday. What I see is saints, citizens, other believers, little ones, big ones, old ones, whatever ones. And I'm just so, my soul, I'm encouraged. Because I'm not the only crazy one that believes in Jesus. See, that's what we're supposed to feel like, guys, when we come to church. This is why, family, your attendance really does matter. Like, when you choose to show up, this is why when Dolly comes, it's so epic. It just, it's just so encouraging. 
And this is what I think Paul and the, and the, 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 the believers in Rome are tasting. So just pause and think about that for a little bit. I don't know if you guys realize this, but when you come through and you show up, whether it's at church or just any other gathering, and you see your other, they're not just church friends. It's great to have friends at church, but they're not just church buddies. You're seeing brothers and sisters who believe in Jesus. Thank God and take courage. You ain't alone. All right, let's keep going. 17 to 28. We're going to take that whole chunk. But I want us to see this. From 17 to 19, what Paul makes clear is he's innocent, right? We all know this. It's been said many times. And then from verse, tw- and verse 20, he makes clear that his cause is their cause, right? He sets up a meeting with the Jews. And he's like, I'm here for the hope of Israel. And, and what, he does it again. He tries to connect the dots to Christ for them, right? And so what Paul is doing is he shows up in Rome. The first people he goes to is the Jews. He breaks it down just like he's always been doing it. And then he's setting himself up to what? To do why he came to Rome. Why, did he, why is God sending Paul to Rome, church? To what? I, I see you mouthing it. Say it loud. To give the gospel to be a witness. This is Acts 1.8 in fulfillment. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, ends of the earth, ends of the known world is Rome. And right now we're seeing in this huge, huge section, 17 to 28, Paul is doing it. He's given it. And he's given it like he's always given it. He's using the Bible to proclaim Jesus. He's connecting the dots. And then from verse 25 to 28, or 21 to 24, he's preaching. He's preaching the gospel. He's preaching the good news. The gospel that you heard in our prayers tonight. The gospel you heard in our songs. The gospel you're seeing in our teaching. And then verse 25 to 28, he's seeing the response. And we saw, and you guys brought up an observation. Verse 25, they were disagreeing among themselves. Meaning, some were convinced and others disbelieved. And I want to point this out. You know where it says Paul was expounding all day, all night? This is not just a whole day of lectures. I want to point out the word where it says he was trying to persuade them. You know what that tells me? The brother was preaching. He's trying to convince them. See, if I'm just going to give you a lecture about whatever we're looking at tonight, I'm just going to give you info. But Paul, what he's doing right there this whole day, he's preaching his guts out, guys. Why? I just want to remind us that Paul is there at Rome. He's doing it. But because he loves these guys, he loves the people there. He loves this gospel. He believes in it with all his heart. And so he's pouring it out. And here's the thing. Here's the point. Regardless the response, he remained faithful. Regardless the response, he remained a faithful witness. Hear that, regardless the response. He finally got there, and he gave it. Some believed, some did not. But did did that derail him from keeping on, keeping on? Everyone shakes their head and says, no, sirree. And he did it with great love and great patience. He's modeling what he told young Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 4. He said, hey, Timmy, preach the word and be ready. Be prepared in season when people believe and out of season when people don't like. Correct, rebuke, encourage with great patience and careful instruction. Night and day. He gave it all. And then we come to these last two verses in verse 30 and 31. And I want us to see this and end the book like this. 
He lived there two whole years at his own expense. He welcomed all who came to him, proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus with all boldness and without hindrance. So he came. He preached it. He did what he was told to do. And now he's stuck there. He could have. I'm ready to retire. I did it. I got to Rome. I preached the gospel. That's what Jesus told me to do. He could have clocked out. He could have decided, I think it's time to retire from missions and I'm just going to settle in on Rome. <laughs> I'm in Rome, right? I mean, he was under house arrest. I don't know how much liberties he would have had. But notice this. And here's, here's, here, here we go to close. He was faithful wherever or however and to whoever. Faithful wherever, however, and to whoever. It says he lived there. He lived. Emeneo. He's staying. He's remaining. He's, it says this in the translation, he has to persevere in. He's holding fast. He's staying true. He's just, he's living. He's living in it. He's living with it. It's the same word used in Acts 14 when it says he encouraged them to continue in the faith. He's in house arrest. He's in the circumstance. And now, guys, he's not just choosing to live with it. He's like living in it. Some of you tonight, you're in a scenario, you're in a circumstance that you feel stuck in, and you don't want to be in it anymore. You want outs. You're done with. But that's where God has you. So here's my word to you. Live not just with it. Live in it. Paul says, and he writes these these letters, while he's there, to Philippians chapter 1, he says, to live is Christ. If I'm to go on living, this is what I'm going to do. It's all Jesus. Wherever the Lord has Paul, he, he's just, he's faithful. Where does God have you tonight? Just think. You're, pause right now in this moment of time and space in your life. Where does God have you right now? Will you be faithful? He's living there. He says two whole years at his own expense. He was faithful wherever and however long and however that looked. You're in a season, you're in a circumstance, you're in a place in, in state of your life right now, and you don't know how long you're going to be in that state. You ever pray those prayers, those psalmist prayers? Oh, how long, oh Lord? Here's my encouragement to you. However long, and however that looks, he's, he's living now at his own expense. Be faithful. Be faithful. Learn to wait. Philippians 4.11, Paul says, I learned in whatever situation to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. Surely Paul can write this, right? I know what it's like to be in a storm. I know what it's like to be in prison. I know what it's like to be out. I know what it's like to be under house arrest and live at my own expense. It says, in any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. And this is where we get the, the, the famous verse in light of that 
I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. See, people yank that verse out of context all the time. They think it's about doing whatever they want to do. No, this is about being content wherever you're at for however long you're there and whatever that looks like. There are situations, there's relationships, there's places, there's circumstances right now for every one of us, I don't care how young or old you are, that you're in and you don't like it. You don't want to be there anymore. You're done. You're fed up or you're tired or you're frustrated or you're irritated. Let the word of God plead with you tonight and say this, just be faithful. Wherever you're at tonight, beloved, my brothers, my sisters who I love and care for, wherever you're at, and for however long you're going to be in that, let the Lord teach you the beauty of being faithful and content. Learn the secret of contentment. Godliness with contentment is great gain. Whatever that is right now that the Spirit is revealing to you, be faithful. And then it said, he welcomed all who came to him. I love this. I think Sovereign pointed this out beautifully in observation. Like, so he was faithful wherever, for however, to whoever was among him. Whoever came to him. This is big. I want to harp on this a little bit. I think Peter writes the same thing when he's speaking to First uh, Peter chapter 5. He says, to shepherd the flock of God that's among you. Notice Paul was faithful to whoever came to him. Whoever God brought into his life. He wasn't faithful to who he, who he wanted to be among. That's a big one right there, just for those of us who are practicing personal evangelism. You don't, you don't just choose who you want to witness to and who you want to. It's anyone that God brings around you. Paul welcomed all who God just sovereignly brought around him. Like, wherever, wherever we're at tonight, for however long. You know, in my mind, I, I would love to be at Nuwanu for the remaining of my years. However many of that, it could be three years, it could be 30, it could be 60. I don't know. 60, that's pretty old. Um, but uh, but where, if, if this is where God has me, I just want to be faithful. We're all here together tonight. Let's just be faithful. However long that is, we have no idea how long. Some of you, God just brought through these two years of the book of Acts, and some of you just came in the last chapter, and that's beautiful and that's great. I don't know how much longer we have to adventure together. I don't know if we're going to get to the next book together. We don't even know if we're going to make it to tomorrow together. However long God has us where we're at right now, let's just be faithful. And guys, to whoever God brings around us. This is how Paul lived his life. And this is how Luke chose to finish the book where he leaves us on this cliffhanger of like, and keep going. Guys, this is, we're done with this book, but this is not the final chapter. So here's the word to us tonight is let's just keep the faith. Let's just, let's just stay faithful. Let's keep on keeping on and, and marvel at the sovereignty of God and his time and placement. This is a special moment. We're making history together, you know? And so as we close in prayer and as we ready our hearts to step into whatever that next season or chapter is of our lives, let's keep the faith. Let's keep mutually encouraging each other. You know, and let's keep gathering regularly and just keep proclaiming the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen. I'll close this in prayer. We'll close it in a song. And as we sing, just go ahead and begin to pray in your heart. Those, those, those real deep, intricate prayers of like, ask the Lord, okay, Lord, 
where, where, where am I right now? And, and, how, and however long I'm here, whoever I'm around, just, just ask the Lord, give me faithfulness. Pray for faithfulness right now. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, what a great uh, ending but not ending to the book of Acts. My hope and my prayer and our desire is as we sing our way out that we would um, believe that this sure ain't over. And I pray that you would give us all faith and encourage us. I pray that as we sing, we'd sing loud and we'd hear one another's voices knowing that we're not alone. God, for the brother or sister right now who is really wrestling with their faith, they have uh, yet to surrender, really, to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, to repent of their sins, to trust in you. We pray that you would help them to really just believe and to journey with you and to adventure with you, and not just alone, but with us. Pray that as a church family now, God, you would solidify all these things. Thank you for two years of grace. And we pray now that as we close, we would only begin. We love you, Lord. Keep us in the faith. Keep us going to the end until we see you face to face. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Faithful. God is faithful. Amen.